When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the amazing Rico Bronya podcast with your host, Evan Roberts. Uh, welcome to Rico Bronya. First of all, let me apologize. The reason why Hoff and I did not do a Rico Bronya right after the shocking David Robertson trade was because I didn't finish the freaking game until God knows what time. And I'm kind of glad we didn't record a Rico because the anger I had. And a lot of it was rational. Some of it was irrational. I admit that. The anger I had after finding out about the Robertson trade seconds after finishing the Met game after a very, very long day, I was angry. And I admit some of the tweets I sent out probably don't make any sense. It was unfair, as bad as Billy Epler may have been at times, to compare him to Billy King and John Idzik. I may have taken it a little bit too far. But I was shocked. Because like all of us, if you stayed up through the rain delay, and for me it was weird. I got home late. Uh, I watched the game. I didn't score it. I was that tired. I actually didn't take the scorebook out, which is a rarity. But I started the game. I'm watching it. I'm watching it. Rain delay comes, obviously, in this huge spot in the bottom of the eighth inning. And then I just start fast-forwarding the rain delay. And I was so far behind, my rain delay took me five minutes. (laughs) That's all it was. And then I got to where the game resumed. Obviously, they win. Marcana sacrifice fly. When Brooks Raley's pitching the ninth inning, my thought was, oh, crap, Robertson's hurt. It really didn't even go to a trade because I didn't think five days ahead of the trade deadline, even though his name certainly was going to be out there and we were going to talk about him, I just didn't think he would have been traded on Thursday night. So I assumed injury. I assume that's why... He wasn't available, even though he was warming up earlier. Maybe he felt something while he was warming up. I don't know. Then I started to think for a second, you know what? Maybe it's a weird up-down thing where he was warming up, then he sat down. They don't want to do it to him again. So that's what my mind's telling me as Rayleigh gets the three outs and the Mets beat the Nationals. And then immediately, when this game ends, I go to my phone, and the first message I saw was from you, Pete. You were the one who broke the news to me that David Robertson was traded and it was it was a kick in the balls, man. Even before I saw what the return was, as I have expressed to you on this podcast, certainly on the fan with Tiki, this was the give-up move, and I didn't want to make the give-up move. I wanted to make strategic selling, not the sell that really ends your year. So even before seeing what they got back, my reaction was anger. Yeah, and I'm sorry to break the news to you. I'm not usually that type of guy to break news. I just kind of like work with it. Um, and and it, it, dude, it was it was odd because again, I'm in I'm in real time, and it doesn't make any sense anything that's going on. And you're right, like like at this moment in time, why did we why it, it's as a whole, Evan? I'm still confused at this whole season. And that just adds more to the confusion. 
You know what? I think it was. And by the way, here's the message Pete sent me. Robertson gone, period, to the Marlins. That's that's all I got. So you didn't even give me a, we got teenagers back. Uh, I don't like the return. I love the return. I'm not even sure if in that moment of that text, you knew what the return was. No. But, but I see Robertson gone and then to the Marlins pissed me off even more because they're one of the teams the Mets are going to need to pass in this wild card dream. Well, that's what that, that, that's why the confusion hit. Like, we're sitting there in real time getting that Robertson gets traded. No one knows the details. So you're like, oh, okay, this is going to be juicy. And you see the Marlins, and it just the, the heart sinks a little bit because you're like, what the hell are we doing? Like, the in, a, a rival in the vision? Come on. Well, it, it feels as if they didn't have the same fantasy that I had and maybe some Met fans had. And it's weird. Like, we got a ton of emails, obviously, in the last 24 hours, mostly just destroying Billy Epler, angry at Billy Epler. But most Met fans over the last couple of days and weeks has essentially given up. Now, they basically said, we're done. And, and I think I'm a little bit of both, where I don't think the Mets are making the playoffs. I don't think the Mets are going on any kind of run. But because they were still within, I guess, sort of striking distance at seven games out, six games in the loss column, I didn't want to completely give up. I wanted to strategically give up. And that's why I was always okay with trading Tommy Pham. I was always always okay with trading Marcana. I was even okay with Carlos Carrasco, Jose Quintana, because I looked at those guys and said, hey, if you can get decent returns, average returns, I believe they're replaceable. I believe that the dream of getting hot and going on some type of run could happen even without those guys. When we did the Rico halfway through the season pod, I made the case to you. I stand by it, and I appreciate Gary Cohen even saying the same thing on the broadcast on Friday, that David Robertson was the first-half MVP. I think the way he said it was, you could make the case he was the first-half MVP. I did. I did it to you. I did it on that pod, and I stand by that. And so I just didn't want to trade him. And so my anger from Thursday night was first just about that, about that weird slap in the face of, wow, this season really is over. They they really are giving up. And you you could talk about it. You can hear rumors. But until something actually happens, it doesn't feel real. And for the last few months, We as fans have watched them every night. We've been frustrated by this team every night. But there's always been that glimmer of hope that they can turn it around. And and finding out the news that Robertson was traded was the punch in the stomach of the Mets have admitted they're not turning it around. The Mets have even said this thing is over. And that was the shock. Now, the return. Okay, so here's my reaction to the return that they got. When I first saw it, yeah, I had that same, wow, these guys are teenagers. Wow, these guys aren't pitchers. Now, that doesn't mean that the Mets had to trade David Robertson for a pitcher that was close. As much as maybe that would have been my preference, looking at what Philadelphia gave up last year, this Ben Brown, who doesn't have great numbers at AAA, but the Cubs got back a starting pitcher who's probably a year away from being in their rotation. I think to all of us, If that was the return, you know, a triple-A or double-A starter that was close, maybe we would view this very, very differently. They don't have to get that back. But I think last night or Thursday night, my reaction was shock that it wasn't that. 
It was shocked that, wow, we're looking at kids who are teenagers. And look, I brought this example up, and I think this is always a good example to think back to. When the L.A. Dodgers traded for Josh Fields, they gave up a young, unknown, minor prospect named Jordan Alvarez. And now we look at it as one of the great trades the Houston Astros have ever made. Is it possible that a few years from now, we are looking back at this trade and laughing and saying, can you believe this? Can you believe that Billy Epler, who's been gone for five years now because we fired him, can you believe that he somehow got back this? You know what I mean? Like, that's on the table. Like, I'm not one to tell you that these teenagers are nobodies. Like, all I knew, all I knew about what they got back is what we all read. I look up Marco Vargas like everyone else. I look up Ronald Hernandez. I see his age. I see the where he's ranked in the Marlins system, which is not that high, which I also get when you're that young and you're that far away. Those rankings mean nothing. They really don't because in two years, he could be the top 50 prospect in baseball. So, yeah, there's the possibility that this trade will look utterly brilliant in a couple of years. But it's very difficult right now in the short term to wrap our head around the fact that these kids aren't projected to be in the major leagues for four or five years. We have no idea if they're going to pan out to even become top-line prospects. And you did it in completely giving up the season. So I'm not shitting all over the return. None of us know what the return is. But it's tough to digest that the return is not something we are going to really see or benefit from for a couple of years. And not to mention the fact is that we have a GM and a front office that right now everything they're doing, I don't think they know how to evaluate their own players, their own prospects. None, not, and then we're talking about evaluating uh, another team's prospects. I don't trust them. I'm sorry. They couldn't figure out that Francisco Alvarez was going to be a stud this year. <laughs> no, I, I, I get that. I get that. <laughs> I mean, we, we don't trust this front office. That's why everything I've tried to read over the last 24 hours is from other people, like not the Mets, like from fan graphs and minor league experts and not people linked to the Mets because I don't trust them. I agree with you. And it, it sort of sucks that the Mets win on Thursday. That was ugly. It was not pretty, but they do win. They now went on Friday. We're recording this right after the game on Friday. Max Scherzer was great. You know, give him his flowers. He pitched fantastic. Pete Alonso with two bombs of home runs, a three-run shot in the fifth, a two-run shot in the seventh. So now he has 30 home runs and 73 RBIs. And all of a sudden, the Mets have won two in a row. And all of a sudden, the Mets are, like, relatively hot. <laughs> you know? If you go back to the finale of, I guess, the Dodgers series, what is it? Win a game, two out of three, lose two out of three. So four and three, five and four. They're seven and four in their last 11 games, which is adorably mediocre. It's funny that I look at that and say, oh, they're hot. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're not, but they are. But they at least have started off this stretch against Washington and Kansas City pretty positively. That's, that's a plus. Kodai Single was great on Thursday. Max was great on Friday. Pete Alonso's red hot. And the bottom line is they're slowly trying to get out of this hole now. Five games under 500, six games in the loss column. And as Casey Manning wrote in the email, can we have one, one nice night as a fan? We stay up late. We get a nice win. And 10 seconds later, we're told the season is over. <laughs> that, that is the feeling that we all had. That's why I was so emotional on Thursday night. 
And that's why a lot of us were. I'll go through these emails that we got. It's anger and it's shock because we were told in one fine swoop, your season's over. And that's what that trade was. Could I just interrupt really quickly? Because I think I have, They, I just saw some quotes from Max Scherzer who just spoke not too long ago. And he himself was surprised on the David Robertson trade. And quote-unquote, he has to have a conversation with Mets Brass regarding the direction they intend to take with the team. Well, I, I, I'd assume he wants out. I mean, what, what the team is not trying to win this season anymore. So I don't understand if the Mets could make a trade for Max Scherzer, which, hey, news for you, Max, you're not exactly valuable around Major League Baseball. You're making $44.5 million. Uh, you're having a very average season. I... I for his standards, it's a bad season, but this is the the stress, the point I've tried to stress whenever talking about trading Scherzer or trading Verlander. While for him, it's not good, and for our standards of him, it's not good, he's gone out there, he's got a basically a four ERA, he has some really good performances like we saw on Friday, he's got some mediocre performances, he is a middle-of-the-rotation arm, he's obviously overpaid when you're making $45 million a year, but replacing that is not easy. Like, that's not, his production this season is not easily replaceable. So he could go to management and say, hey, you just sold off David Robertson, get me the hell out of here. Well, I'm sorry, Max, it ain't that easy. You make a lot of money, you've had an average season. How much are the Mets willing to pay to get a B-level prospect back? Dude, I wouldn't do that. I'll make this very, very clear. If I'm paying a big part of his salary, even if I'm not, and I'm getting B-level prospects back, I'd rather just pitch you every five days and have you on my team next year. Like, what What benefit do the Mets get other than us just not seeing his face anymore? If that's what you want, and if that's what some fans want, like, I just don't want to see him anymore, then fine, do it. But tell me how that makes the Mets better. Now, if you're getting a big prospect back for him and you're paying off a big part of his salary, fine. Fine, then, it, then it's a different discussion. So I, I'm not surprised. Pete, that Max Scherzer's looking at where the Mets are, saying, what the hell's going on? I think everybody was taken by surprise that they traded David Roberts. And they, the media, and we played this clip on the show on Friday because it was hilarious to me. Pete Alonzo was told about the trade. He couldn't even think of an answer. He was like, uh, uh, um, well, um, uh, well, I, I, I wish David the best of luck. Like, he was stunned. So, of course, the locker room's going to look at this and say, what the hell's going on? Now, I don't think... The locker room necessarily is going to quit. The guys are going to try their hardest. I think, and Tiki made this point. It was a good point by him. And I got an email from a fan saying the exact same thing. So you had the former player, and then you had a random fan. I'll give you the guy's name, Dan uh, Figiani, who emailed the same thought, which is this trade looks like it made the Mets uncomfortable. And it made the roster realize, hey, there are going to be repercussions. Dan wrote... I think that the fact that Robertson was the first one traded was a clear message to this team. They had 100-plus games to figure it out and play up to their capabilities, and they failed. For the first time in three years, they're facing repercussions for their poor play and not just coddled and told how good they are like they've been. I watch every single post game, and this is the first time I've actually seen them uncomfortable in the locker room. It's way past due, and hopefully this sets a tone of accountability from this point forward that this core desperately needed. And I think that's a great point by Dan, and Tiki made this point on the air too. And while that's fine, 
you're still making your job of competing more difficult because you just weakened your bullpen. So, like, I get the idea of, oh, this is good. This is going to make guys feel uncomfortable. And maybe it's going to force guys to step up or whatever theory you want to come up with. That's fine. But guess what? You still took away one of your best bullpen arms. I I got to be honest, Ev. I do smell this crazy run that's going to happen. And it's obviously, listen, the Nationals and the Royals, it's going to help out that those are the teams that we're playing right now. But I see a crazy run where the Mets actually get back into it. And game 162, the game on the line, and Adam Ottavino gives up a walk <laughs> I'm with you halfway. I said on the air, I definitely think they'll get hot now because I'll give you an example of where that happened. And we saw it right in our own backyard. When the Yankees sold, the one time we ever see them sell, sell was 2016. They traded a Roldis Chapman. They traded Andrew Miller. I think we all remember it. And at the time, they were like right around 500. They were very mediocre, not as bad as this Met team. They made those trades and had a huge August, partially because Gary Sanchez was incredible. They pulled, I'm not kidding you, Pete. You can look this up. They got to like nine games above 500, and they got to a game out of a wild card spot. And it was early September, and then they fell up short. No, they came up short. So I'm not disagreeing with that. I predict the same thing. I agree with you. Now, where I don't agree with you is I don't think they're getting it to 162 relevant. (laughs) I won't go that far. (laughs) But can they go, I think I said, on this seven-game stretch against Washington and Kansas City, they'll probably go four and three. They they won't do enough. Maybe even five and two. Can I see them now going seven and zero? Oh? Yeah, <laughs> I can. And then teasing us and thinking, oh my God, how did we trade David Robertson? If we only had David Robertson, oh my goodness. <laughs> 